Hello, Sergio. Lovely to see you and hear you today on this podcast. Lovely to be here, Juana. Uh, wonderful to uh, to be included in this We Include podcast. And uh, yeah, you, I saw some amazing guests, so honored to be amongst them. For me, the, the discovery of Root Inspire is inspiring me, <laughs> if we're doing word, word plays here. <laughs> Uh, and I am uh, very excited to introduce um, the initiative, your journey, um, the impact you're looking to make in the world to anybody who's listening, but specifically to those who are looking to grow their communities in a diverse, ethnically way and have, making sure somehow communities have access to um, leadership layers, to decision-making positions, to generational opportunities in, in organizations that shape the world that it is today. And I think um, uh, we're going to have a very, very insightful uh, conversation. How, how did you come up to this? Because you come from a background very different than most of our founders on this podcast. And um, it is uh, it is good. <laughs> I think it's really good. Uh, but I'm I'm curious, and I'm sure everybody who's listening are as curious to understand your journey towards uh, Roots Inspire. So I come from from banking. So the commercial side of banking. Spent 18 years in banking, 10 years in Amsterdam, and then eight years in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Always in commercial roles, structured finance roles, so various things. Um, actually, you know, always. Um, relatively quick in my career so always sort of the youngest amongst my peers amongst uh, leadership um so it's been it's been a very cool journey but uh two and a half years ago i thought like okay you know i can probably use my talents a lot better than this and mm-hmm. and really the trigger was um george floyd mm-hmm. when you know the whole black lives matter movement happened and sparked this um well huge movement not only in the u.s but also throughout europe back then i was in singapore and it was just super frustrating not being able to be part of that discussion and being part of you know that movement and sharing my experience um and then me and a friend of mine uh, who was in bangkok actually at the time we started brainstorming and seeing like okay what can we do to change things and especially change things in the corporate world, because that mm-hmm. was a world that we, you know, that we both knew. Uh, yeah. So we thought, yeah, let's start there. And what was the answer? Yeah, what was the answer? Yeah, the answer is always, the answer is very, it's a very complex topic. It right? is. So it's, and very sensitive, right? Like even the terminology, and, and that's maybe something to start with because we use the term ethnic professionals or, yeah. you know, ethnic diverse diversity, but even that term is already sensitive in a mm-hmm. lot of countries, right? Mm-hmm. So this is more of the UK terminology that we mm-hmm. picked, but in mainland Europe, people are more com- comfortable talking about multicultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just shows you that even... You know, if we cannot even agree on language, like how sensitive this topic is. And we try to make it very simple. We try to really analyze, okay, what is that ethnic professional journey? And and the the problem we chose is like, okay, we don't see ethnic professionals represented enough in the top layers of companies. So throughout my career, 
whether it was in banking or with clients that we worked with, I was pretty much always the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the audience that doesn't know, so I have Caribbean roots. So I'm, uh, um, you know, uh, a mixed, uh, mixed roots, black guy of over two meters tall, um, you know, in the banking industry. So I was often mistaken for, uh, for a basketball player, <laughs> but so throughout my career, I just, there was hardly any other, yes. uh, representation in you the senior the only layers. one in the room. Only one in the room. And it's not because of the lack of talent. Because sure. I know so much talent that just got stuck somewhere in the mid layers mm-hmm. that left the corporate world because they didn't feel at home. They didn't feel it was for them. And then when you climb the ladder, then you see so much mediocrity around you, mm-hmm. right? So it's not that talent prevails. The yeah. system is broken. And that's yeah. and that's what we try to fix. I really appreciate what you mentioned, right? Because there is a, a part of the system, if the system doesn't change, probably trying to change people to fit the system will continue to yield the same results. People not feeling they belong, people avoiding certain environments um, and by default self-selecting themselves out eventually of generational wealth, eventually of, um, I don't know, industry changing events, um, of, uh, of a lot of access to resources and more talent, right? Uh, but just pushing people, which I think happened for a couple of decades trying to push people in the mold, right? Like go and be like this, dress like this, cut your hair like this and be white. <laughs> say so. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's the, I mean, I think there's still the majority of people that don't understand the power of diversity. Right? They think diversity is something that they need to do because HR tells them to do it. And, you know, we're a group of guys, so it's probably makes sense to, to, to have, a, you know, a woman in the leadership team or two women in the leadership team. So let's find two that can be one of the guys, right? Or let's find uh, a black guy or a black woman that, you know, that we can um, just be ourselves around and they're not too difficult and, and they just are, you know, they go on the, the, the ski trips with us and, you know, they're basically one of us. And so, but that is not the power. Then you're not unlocking the power of diversity, right? To me, the power of diversity is really having those different perspectives represented at the table and having people comfortable to share those perspectives and, and share the differences of opinion so that you can sharpen ideas and get to uh, results and decisions that are sustainable, and I think if if people understand that power of diversity, then they start looking at choices differently as well. And then you get authentic leaders being exactly. chosen. And uh, sustainable solutions, as you were saying, whatever business or problem you're trying to, to solve, um, it's going to be more durable and it's going to be for more people. Um, True Roots Inspire, tell us a little bit about the core offering, where we're, what do we find when we go to Roots Inspire? Yeah, so we're, we see that companies are often stuck in this vicious cycle. So the vicious cycle, what we call the vicious cycle, is if there's not enough diversity representation, 
then um, you know the talent that is in the organization that's coming up, they feel like, okay, is this the place for me? Is it even possible here? Is there a glass ceiling? So they start losing engagement, and a lot of talent just you know settles for like way below their potential, or they even leave the corporate world, right? And then what you also have is that if you don't have that diversity in the senior representation, then also the decisions that are made for the next batch are impacted, right? There's affinity bias at play and people see the talent of people that look like them and they tend to overlook talent of people that are different from them. Mm -hmm. So when you're stuck in this vicious cycle, it means that five years later, you still have the same problem because there's no pipeline. So what we're doing with Roots Inspire is we're really helping companies to develop this pipeline. So we we have a program, we call it the Leadership Catalyst Program, mm-hmm. where we work with ethnic talent and um, leadership talent, and we help them develop into authentic leaders. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we work with senior leadership at the company to um, really activate them as sponsors of this talent. Mm-hmm. And we have a pool of, it's now more than 80 we call them ethnic corporate leaders. So mm-hmm. it's it's corporate leaders from various organizations, various industries that all come from ethnic backgrounds themselves. And we um, and, and they're involved in our program as one-on-one mentors, uh, group sessions we do together. We do workshops on uh, corporate politics. We do mm-hmm. workshops on uh, personal branding on sponsor relationships, so really the building blocks of well, unlocking your power and unlocking your authenticity that's that's required to, to be in leadership. And in the same time, you're educating people in these businesses that one, if you've made it, it doesn't mean it's easily acceptable, accessible for everybody. Uh, because there is also, I think, especially working more in, in, in gender, gender in technology, gender in, in senior roles, there was somehow this like, oh, but I made it, therefore she can make it. Like, I, I didn't have any support. That's fine. And I think you're teaching also these sponsors and the, these executives to understand that you probably had some some circumstances that really pushed you or there was something that you you had access to that most people don't right and we're just force multiplying this um so it's a very interesting exchange you've already worked with quite a few big names right yeah so we've we've been working with unilever we've been working with abn amro rabobank cbre boots um freshfield so really across industries as well and that and that's interesting it was a very interesting journey for myself as well because when i was in banking and i was sort of in the corporate investment banking um area mm-hmm. i always thought like okay this is a problem that exists in banking right and i mm, thought that if yes. you go to retail or under other industries it'd be very different and then now i find out that actually the problem is the same everywhere. The higher, yeah. the higher you go in the organization, you end up with some sort of boys club that decides who can be part of the club, and um, and that makes it very different also from you know entrepreneurial careers mm-hmm. or um, smaller company careers. Mm-hmm. It's how do you 
how are you allowed in the club and how do you become visible? That's mm-hmm. often the, um, the biggest challenge. And do you plan to break up the club, making more clubs? What's, <laughs> what's the end goal? Yeah, the end goal is we want to change industries, right? So we, we're impacting individuals, you know, changing their career tra- trajectories or, yeah. or accelerating their career yeah. trajectories, right? Um, and they go on to impact corporate culture. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we always talk about, yeah, the culture needs to change. You know, mm-hmm. how do you change culture? <laughs> uh, it's a very vague thing. And you can, yes. you know, you can come up with all sorts of uh, nice values for the company and, and, and do all that jazz. But I think to for leadership teams, senior leadership teams to really understand this, we as Ethnic professionals need mm-hmm. to be at that leadership table yeah. as part of that leadership team, right? And I think then an organization, when we're represented there, then an organization starts to understand the journey. We start to, you know, become the ambassadors. We start to become the role models, right? And and so this this vicious cycle that I was mm-hmm. talking about, it can be it can be very well reversed. Yeah. Right? Okay. You, I like that. Yeah, because if you if you get it right, like it's hard work. It's not like a one year thing, right? You have to, you know, at least five years be dedicated to a strategy, execute on that, not cut budget every, you know, like with every dip in the market. But um, at some point, you will become the employer of choice. So there's new talent that says, like, yes, that's a company I want to work for. Right? That all the talent that you attract will feel that, hey, I'm going to work, you know, I'm going to really go for mm-hmm, it because it's mm-hmm. possible in this company, right? So the engagement of your employees and not only your ethnic employees, but other also other employees that find this important for sure. um, will become more engaged and will, will you know, really go start going for it. And so the benefit, and, and then it also, then it starts happening automatically, right? So that's why I say that the cycle is then reversed. Um, but to get there is tough. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you are trying to offer some simplicity in your solutions and kind of make it, um, as you said, very targeted and very kind of comprehensive. But you also mentioned, and I fully, fully agree and, and, and tell this to anybody, it is a very complex problem. It is a very complex situation we are in, and we will continue to see this evolving. And with such complex problems, we need also quite a lot of resources and sustainable planning and and kind of a, a, a having somebody having our back so when we're doing this podcast we try to be very explicit that businesses for good are still businesses they need funding they need runway right um and i'm curious on your journey around like getting money to get this off off the ground and getting money to actually getting it to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and getting to actually reverse that cycle. Anything you can share about this journey? Because I think it's it's really tough there, um, but it's also inspiring when we see some some people actually making it. Yeah, no, and it's an interesting one, right? Like so 
when we started this, we really put some thought into this and, and thought like, okay, what does the setup need to be, right? Because we can be set up as a nonprofit and do this mm-hmm. as a nonprofit. The examples we saw in the market, there's so many great initiatives, but they are not scalable, right? They, they need to ask for funding every year. They're not able to build the team. They're not able to scale. They're very local. And I said, okay, if I'm, if I'm giving up this, this banking career to do this, I want to do this properly, right? And I want to make sure that, you know, we're not only impacting individuals, but we're impacting companies and we, we make sure these companies impact industries, right? Mm-hmm. And um, for that, you need scalability. So we set it up as a, as a startup. We set it up to be able to raise money and, and really um, scale it. Um, but also, I think we're adding tremendous value to these companies, right? And and you mentioned it already, like you know, resources. It's it's such a big, complex problem. Yet the diversity and inclusion teams of companies are tiny. The budgets they have are tiny, um, and 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 the job is so big, right? Yes. So we also try to make sure we do all the work, you know, we mm-hmm. do the, the heavy lifting on yeah. the initiatives that, that even a company with a small team can still sort of, you know, outsource it to us and, and mm-hmm. we help them with sort of the whole journey. Um, but yeah, it, it does require a, a strategy. Like yeah. uh, companies need to have a strategy, need to understand that, you know, you need to measure results to mm-hmm. see if it works, but you also need to, um, yeah, be very focused on where you want to get to and, and understand that that's not a one-year thing, but a five-year yeah. plan. Yeah. And you're mapping the impact. Is there any story, any result already that you're like, okay, this fuels me, this gives me energy to keep on going um, from, from, yeah, from the people that you actually helped and matched in this mentoring circles and in their sponsorship initiatives. Yeah. Any particular, I want the juicy stuff. <laughs> yeah. The juicy stuff. Like this, this whole journey has been such a roller coaster because it's like, you know, sometimes you've been working so hard uh, with, a, with uh, you know, on a deal and you think like, oh, they're so excited to to be part of it. And then they get a no on a budget request, mm-hmm. right? And then it's such a dip. Uh, but the stories that lift me up, like there's, I mean, I, th- I think there's probably more than a hundred, uh, you know, thank you notes and, and stuff that I get. But, but to use a couple of uh, examples, there was this guy, so he, he's in banking. He um, has like proper um, working work experience. So mm-hmm. he has 15 plus year working experience, leading a team. So middle management, you know, having yeah. his own sales team. Um, but he's been, he's ambitious and he's been trying to get to that next level to, to become a part of the senior leadership team. And he had a couple of declines and, mm-hmm. And the feedback he received was, um, you know, a bit fake. Like, yeah, uh, you're a bit too salesy and we we don't, you know, we don't really know, you know, uh, if you'd be a fit and like a bit fake feedback, which is often, you know, often the case. It often stays very vague. But 
But he, instead of saying like, oh, yeah, no, you know, it's not possible in this company and, you know, I need to be somewhere else. He decided to also look at himself and really sort of be vulnerable in this whole, in our program. So he worked with a mentor that's amazing. Um, And she really, um, you know, got him to open up and be vulnerable because they... They found out that actually he's been always just showing, you know, the results and feeling that pressure that he always needs to be perfect and he always needs to perform. Whereas that feels fake to people because it is, that's not the full story, right? So when he got the confidence to be more vulnerable and really show who he is, what he stands for, um, he decided to book a one-on-one coffee with his boss's boss and just share that journey. He just said, look, this is where I am in my career. This is the feedback that I got. I'm really working on this. I'm, uh, you know, this is what I've learned so far. This is what I'm still working on. And just by being open and vulnerable like that, he made that connection and, and his boss's boss offered him uh, a job at the spot, on the mm-hmm. spot, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And to him, it was like, wow, you know, who could, who could have thought that the answer is so simple, right? It's, it's, it's often just a little tweak, a little nuance that gives us that confidence to be out there. Because I always say, like, you have this club and they need to allow you in. And I think it's actually great to be different. It's a power to be different. But if they don't know you, they're never going to trust you. And if they don't trust you, then they're never going to allow you in the club, right? So so being different is great, but we have to put ourselves out there and, and we have to do that in a way that feels comfortable to us. But what I'm hearing here is a chain of trust. So your, let's say, employee, uh, let's call him George, uh, trusted the mentor's feedback and trusted that relationship and, and said, okay, I will not be harmed because now I know exactly how to position whatever I'm experiencing. And then there's this trust with their skip level and trust in themselves that whatever happens in that meeting he's going to be fine, right? I think this is also a big challenge when we try to show vulnerability or peel things from our ourselves and, and put them out there, right? Like what's going to happen? So better not. Um, so this, uh, this, this cycle of trust somehow pays off for sure, for sure. But it's an exercise. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very good point you bring up because it's the safe environment, right? Mm-hmm. And and we create that safe environment by having an external mentor mm-hmm. that the the program participants select themselves. Yeah. So they have choice out of more than 80. They can choose two and have an introductory call, and then they choose one for the rest of the program. Um, and these mentors, they are also ethnic professionals, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things we don't have to explain to each other. Exactly. You know, if, if, uh, if I'm in a meeting and, you know, like, for example, if a young black woman wants to take the lead more in meetings, I'm sure she can get great tips from an older, an elderly white man. Right. (laughs) But we also know for him, things just work differently than for her and she cannot just copy him one-on-one. 
I'm not saying she can't learn anything from him. Mm -hmm. Definitely she can. Mm -hmm. But there's this part missing where if she would talk to someone that has been in her shoes and understands those dynamics, that will give her great insights, but also great confidence, right? That if someone else has been able to navigate that, she can as well. And I think that's what we bring. And, And it's often, I think, ethnic professionals understand the power of this, but outside of that group, it's often, yeah, it's a bit, um, you know, it, it's a bit, uh, it's it's not that easy to no. understand because you it's feel very like, oh, nuanced. but I, I can be a great mentor, right? Like, mm-hmm. why can't I mentor someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can mentor them, but there's this piece in our career often missing because our families have no clue of what corporate life is like. So, you know, we're, we outgrow their advice quite quickly. Our friends that we grew up with, you know, uh, have chosen different paths. So, so we miss this guidance on what is it like for us? Like what, how should I position myself with pride in my roots and, 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 you know, pride in who I am and still be very successful. I love it. Sergio, this type of journey is one as an entrepreneur, two in the DEI space, three in a weird in a weird place where we are economically at this point. Um, who's helping you on this journey? Like, how do you keep mentally sane and balanced? <laughs> We're also sharing in this podcast, like any tips and tricks you have or you're using to um, yeah to kind of experiment with and and find what's working for everybody listening here is there anything you're practicing or anybody who's with you on this journey and you feel it yeah it kind of bounces you back when you fall a little bit behind <laughs> yeah so I mean it's uh it's 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 a great question and also you know triggers my uh, triggers trigger some emotions because it's, mm-hmm. it is a tough journey, right? And I'm not only thinking about myself because, I mean, I'm a very hard worker. I, I really, if I want something, I go for it, make it happen. But I'm also putting a lot of pressure on my family, right? Like we, we were living this nice and comfortable banking career life. And now it's like all of a sudden like a very insecure entrepreneur life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely requires you to balance your energy, um, in terms of resources, it's a startup. So you need to be very careful with resources as well, which was very different in banking where, I mean, you still need to be careful with resources, but there were a lot of more, a lot more resources available. Um, so luckily I have 80 mentors in my network, right? And a lot of them I have very close relationships with and uh, and they check in on me and they they help and they provide the introductions. And so what has been a true blessing is that not only the mentors, but also the program participants, also the corporate partners that we work with, everybody loves what we're doing and everybody is, you know, supporting wherever they can because they they understand the mission they understand it's a big task but mm-hmm. they also know like it is possible you know if we do this right we can make a humongous impact so you have a massive pool of cheerleaders at this point and i think that pool is growing right um what's next for uh Root inspire yeah so we're we're currently raising funds so we've 
you know, the, the, I think the last two years, so the first half year was setting up sort of the program, how we want it to be. The last two years were, you know, tweaking feedback loops. What can we improve? Um, what works? What doesn't work? I think we're now at a stage where we have something that, you know, is very solid. It can always be improved further and we will always do that. But it's a solid proposition. And now it's time to scale. Um, and unfortunately, the market now is terrible, right? So that's a big challenge. But um, but yeah, there's enough data, enough proof points to show that um, we can make that impact, we can make that change, and we can do it in a sustainable, financially healthy way. Um, so we hope to find the right investors to uh, to go along with us in that journey. Thank you so much for staying with us for the entire episode. You are the best. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the We Include podcast on Spotify or the podcast provider of your choice. And don't forget to share in your networks. It's highly appreciated. You can find me on LinkedIn for suggestions of initiatives and topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. They are coming out weekly. Till next time, take care.